0: Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode on the Green Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Prerna Tirotkar, aka PT. It's often easier to just go like a post about Go Green or climate change instead of taking ownership and starting at home. Have you caught yourself being a climate hypocrite when you advocate for the plastic reduction, but indulge in the next shopping bag just because you forgot to carry one? I don't know about you, but I have. At least for me, maybe going on a diet is slightly more difficult because my grandmom's going to make laddus at home or moving to a vegan lifestyle is going to be difficult and other alternatives just don't come naturally to us. The culture or societal fear of Lokya Kahenge is what leads us to consuming unnecessary excess products to discuss all these external influences that act as barriers to our pro-environmental behavior. On this episode, I'm joined by Spruti Swaminathan. Spruti is a 25-year-old Chennai-based data scientist who strongly believes that it's not about making it's not about making a paradigm shift in the entire ecosystem. We as individuals need not even focus on the mass humongous issue of climate change across the world. What we can do in our sphere of influence is look locally, look around us, and impact or change one life. Help one person and repeat the loop. It is about starting at home and taking those small steps to make a big difference. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this one. It's a pleasure having you on this episode. So with that, I'd like you to help us with a short introduction about maybe where you come from, what you do, and then we take it from there. It's a
1: pleasure to be on board and, you know, to be having this conversation with you. Super excited for this session. So uh, a quick intro about myself. Uh, So I'm actually an engineering graduate. So after I did my uh, engineering, I uh, actually went on to work uh, full-time with Speech for India. So I worked with Teach of India as a full-time teacher for some months. And uh, that's where I got introduced to the education sector and, you know, the entire education scene in India. Because before that, all that I knew was my high school, my teachers, and then, you know, my college. So that's all. So that was my first real-world experience. So from there, I, uh, you know, was actually uh, came into light about uh, different problems that were happening in the education sector and closely to do with uh, women surrounding the Uh, you know, these children, their mothers and all of that. So from there, I actually took up uh, a fellowship with Young Leaders for Active Citizenship. And I worked uh, on a project for the Ministry of Women and Children Welfare on strengthening family counselling centres in Tamil Nadu. So that, again, opened up a lot more uh, interest in the social sector as such. And uh, during that, I was also introduced to a lot of people uh, who were extremely passionate about the environment. And, you know, I came into contact with a lot of my friends from engineering who had, you know, uh, taken to a sustainable lifestyle and, you know, how this can actually make an impact. And this was also a part of the lessons that we teach the kids in school. So that's actually what uh, got me started. And I used to wonder, okay, how exactly, you know, can I take this up? And that's where the entire uh, passion about sustainability came into place. And I think it's it's been close to a year and a half to two since I have been trying to make small, small steps from my end to, you know, contribute to uh, leading a sustainable lifestyle. That is fascinating,
0: you know, for most of us, let's be clear, sustainability ends at going for a beach cleanup drive or just, you know, we we necessarily haven't learned it in school. It's when we were in school, say around 15 years back, I guess. (laughs) Oh my God, don't make me feel old. yeah let's let's all feel old for a brief moment. but uh, yeah, so no no ten years back, I guess yeah yeah like let's take an average of 2010 grads So around a decade ago when all of us were in school and studying, uh, I'm not sure if this was part of our curriculum. It was it is actively part of everyone's uh, curriculum today that people are introduced to sustainability, but at least the Maharashtra State Board didn't have a subject on that so i can't speak for others i can speak for myself but if you can tell us when was the first time you were introduced to the world of sustainability the sdgs and all of that when was the first time when you realized that there is something called as sustainability that exists and that is beyond just going to an NGO, going out on a sunday volunteering at an ngo
1: Absolutely. I think that that's a fabulous question. Because uh, to be very honest, it was not like I was born with this drive to, you know, be sustainable. It was not that at all. I think exactly during the third year of my engineering course, I actually was introduced to a subject which was called as environment and sustainability, which was around four credits in my university back then. And I came into my professor, uh, Mr. Nikhil. So he actually opened up this entire domain of sustainability in front of us. So before that, I did not have any knowledge about, you know, what this entire sphere was. I didn't know what circular economy was. I didn't know what carbon footprint was, how much of a non-zero waste life I was leading. I didn't know anything. For me, nature was some scenery and then, you know, there's some plants, it's calm, it's just, you know, filled with birds. That was nature. That was the environment for me personally before that. So even though I used to be a part of certain beach cleanups and lake cleanups, I just thought, oh my God, it's so cool. I'm just doing something for the environment before actually I realized this is not even 1% of what is demanded out of all of us at an individual level. So I think uh, big credits goes to my professor for introducing me to this sphere. And after that, we had uh, designed projects in our curriculum in college, where we actually, you know, analyzed our individual carbon footprint, how exactly we are, you know, um, wasting a lot of things mindlessly back in our house. So these were aspects that I was introduced to. And uh, there were a lot of similar minded people in college who also got inspired and educated around the same time. So I know a handful of people like me from my university who were also really passionate about this cause, but did not have enough of context. So from that's where the journey actually started. So it revolved mainly about researching, educating our own selves educating each other and you know inspiring each other and being as you know like this uh, proper sisterhood or brotherhood where you know we can actually go back to them with things that we failed on uh, experimenting things that actually worked for us and things like that you said that you've evaluated your lifestyle you sat down you retrospected
0: thing why don't you walk us through how you evaluated your daily footprint and then made those changes? How do we hear a lot about reducing our carbon impact? We know it's travel and all of that. But how did you start researching about it? If you could tell us about the frame, how did you calculate your carbon footprint? And how much was it? And how do you even know if that's a lot or that's hardly anything?
1: Correct, correct. I think this is a val- very, very valid question because uh, I did not even think that I was actually so non-eco-friendly uh because everybody you know we might think uh it's it's only if you know we are going out and probably traveling it's air pollution it's water pollution that's all that honestly most of us are aware of I'm not saying all but most of us are aware of what this particular project in my university made me realize is that every time I go out to a hotel and I buy a plastic bottle of water I am actually you know um giving into the cycle of the plastic waste and somehow I'm getting stuck in that loop. And, you know, say every time I'm actually using a pen uh, and, you know, I'm just throwing it after its ink is over, I'm just throwing it in a bin, completely being mindless of how exactly it's consumed after that. So it was points like this, very, very minute points, which we might not even actually think about, that was, uh, you know, tapped on and brought into the forelight by the entire framework of, you know, analysis of the carbon footprint at an individual level and at a household level. So from there is when I started reading up and actually I took a a retrospective mode and I saw, you know, what are the umpteen number of things that I am using on a day-to-day basis, right from the time I wake up to the time I go to the bed. So that's when very, very surprisingly and shockingly, I realized that I have been contributing a lot to the waste that was generated. I've been contributing to a lot to, uh, you know, how I've been getting stuck into this uh, linear cycle of, you know, generating waste. So I think those were all the realizations that uh, I actually got when I look back into my own life. Can you walk us through the realizations that you had?
0: Like, all actions that you thought were causing harm to the environment
1: yeah so this again you know it's very valid because just like how i realized i'm sure eight out of ten people who might be hearing us might also realize so let's start so i begin my day and then you know like i actually say i use a brush and i replace a brush once in every two months or once in a month whatever suits me so i'm actually uh not at all mindful of the plastic bristles or you know the non-easily decomposable bristles that i'm using so my first switch was to you know go for a bamboo brush or neem bristles and things like that so this again i'm not talking about a very expensive product or anything let's say i buy my normal brush for uh you know some x amount and then this might you know probably be plus or minus 50 so that was all the cost difference and i thought i can definitely afford to make that change another thing which i realized was you know i was uh taking a bath in a shower kind of person so I was completely uh, not mindful about how much of water I'm consuming for uh, a shower on in a single day. So that's when I realized probably, you know, the time that I'm spending, uh, the amount of water that I'm spending in a shower needn't actually be so much. So I immediately switched to, you know, using a bucket instead of a shower. So I, I can, you know, realize, so when I started, I used to wonder how can I finish bathing in one single bucket of water, probably it's never going to be enough. And today, two years later, I'm at a point where I realized, you know, maybe three fourths of a bucket is good enough. And you know, So It's not about, you know, uh, being very stingy, not using enough water to take bath, but just being mindful of what your consumption is, because that itself we don't do, because all that we do, I know for a fact, most of my friends, they just plug in their earphones, go to their shower and, you know, just forget themselves, take bath and, you know, they just go to their bath tubs and they're completely, uh, you know, mindless of how much of water they are wasting. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm here to, you know, like conserve water, change the environment. No. But I can be mindful about my consumption, nah. That's like the least I can do. So you I know that was that another thing.
0: honest and so innocent, <laughs> really. <laughs> but but then uh, I think I think it's okay, not to once in a while.
1: If you just want to get away, go to a shower, let. I mean, just chill for a bit. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, just be mindful. Even if you're consuming two buckets of water, it's okay. But do you know that's all you're consuming? That's my question. Consume three buckets. Whatever suits you, consume it. But be aware of your consumption. Most of us don't even know how many buckets of water we actually need to bathe. That's the point here. So, you I know, don't. they just like, Yeah, so we just turn on our taps and as in men, like water flowing, we just keep bathing. So we are mindless of our consumption. So that's the key setback actually for most of us. So just be aware of your consumption only then you can take steps to probably minimize it or, you know, like take whatever changes you need to do. So what about timed
0: showers? Like there's this concept called you time your shower if you don't want to have... A like you, if you don't want to replace it with a bucket and it's not satisfying, are you for time showers? Is there something that you've read about it?
1: Yeah, so that's again a good question. So, I'm not completely against time showers, but the concept of using a bucket or the concept of time showers it's all to make you aware of your consumption again so the time showers would be a great place to start given that you know i can't immediately say you know no from today you can't use the shower use the bucket no i don't want you to make that drastic change overnight go for a time shower see how it suits you if you're a person who takes a bath for 20 minutes try to like bring it down to 15 try to bring it down to 10 so you go at your own pace you do you there's no pressure when it comes to you know like switching to a sustainable lifestyle you take your own time see what works for you and then probably try and see if you can you know make the switch to bucket that's all and, uh, did you, uh, and how did you
0: then cascade this mission of yours of conserving and being mindful about your consumption to your family members? How did that go? Yeah,
1: correct. I think uh, in India, at least, uh, you know, we are part of a society. So we have a family with us. So it, it's never, you know, independently doing something. So especially when this started off, so the first thing that I again started doing was carrying my own water bottle. So wherever I go, I carry my own water bottle or I go to a place where I can refill water so I made it a point in the last couple of years not to buy water whenever I hit cafes whenever I go to restaurants you know that was one thing because that's the least I can do so that was one thing and sometimes when I go to fine dining restaurant and then I insist I carry a water bottle obviously my parents were not okay with it because in, in, in India at least it seemed like a sign of embarrassment why are you embarrassing me can't we afford a 20 rupees water bottle. Why do you want to do this to us? So, you know, so that was the initial problem. And the solution is not to get into a debate, but, you know, to try and talk to them and see, you know, this is what's running through my head. Hey, why don't you give you, give you, I mean, why don't you guys give it a thought? So that was how the dialogue started. And they also took their own time and, you know, to actually come to terms with it. And, you know, so that was like a slow process. And another thing also which I do is in India, we have a lot of these roadside eateries, roadside food stalls, chart shops where, you know, people generally uh, give us uh, things in paper cups or, you know, with plastic spoons and things like that. So another thing that I did was to carry a a metal spoon wherever I go. So that used to be like a proper thing always in my uh, bag, like just like, you know, my comb, or just like my charger it's just always in my bag. And, you know, I made sure that whenever uh, the shopkeeper gives me a plastic spoon, I politely deny saying I have my own spoon. So that's, again, not something huge, but at least I have saved, say, 10 plastic spoons from my end, you know, so that's how, you know, I started making small steps. And I've also made sure that, you know, say my sibling or my immediate, uh, you know, friends, I've tried to, you know, uh, tell them to do the same thing as well. So you started with educating yourself
0: first, then educating your uh, your family your friends to follow or be more mindful about their consumption that also brings me to a point uh, to, to the next topic of household waste like at times we can we can monitor what is happening and what is in our control but it's not necessary that we can monitor or control what is happening at home and not everything every time is under our control so how did you go about that uh, as simple as you know segregating your your waste now the governments have forced us to segregate dry waste wet waste but how did you go about educating your family to do that and then
1: uh, ensuring that the waste was uh, went to the right places Correct, correct. This is again, you know, honestly, one big challenge that I face, because whenever I went to my mom, or whenever I went to, you know, somebody older in my house, and I said, you know, from tomorrow, we are going to have like, you know, bed based dry waste segregation, nobody will be on board. The immediate question, to be honest, what my mom asked was, you know, did you make your own bed? Do you actually clean vessels? Why do you want to do this? So that's the typical Indian mentality for parents. And they're not wrong but you know so that's not the immediate step that i jumped into so what i did was i realized back in my house we are using a lot of plastic trash covers to you know dump our waste into the main trash bin so i started with using uh, biodegradable covers that can be easily consumed by uh, uh, you know organisms even when they are disposed into the bigger trash can so that was the first step i did so in instead of buying like these black trash covers which are made of you know non-biodegradable materials i made the switch to buy eco trash bags so that was the step one so you know
0: so when you uh, nowadays, eco trash bags how do you know if they are really eco right like what where did you find these bags because usually the black bags we get are what we'll get our look at our local shop so how where did you find it
1: Correct, correct. So there are two ways to, you know, find them. One is, you know, even if you go to a supermarket, uh, mostly these will be stacked, but they might not be in a section that would immediately, you know, catch the attention of the person who's coming to buy. So definitely, I can guarantee you that uh, six to seven out of 10 uh, supermarkets in the country have these eco-friendly or biodegradable trash bags very well in place, but you just have to ask. Another place which you can find these is in the online sector there are a lot of uh, pages like you know iq or uh, beco india so you know there are a lot of these pages that actually you know help you to pick the right eco friendly things so it's not like you go on uh, xyz uh, random shopping uh, website online and you know you just pick something you have verified vendors and sellers for this and you get these trash bags almost in the same age i mean almost in the same uh, price range as your other uh, black trash bags. So, you know, you just have to read about and then, as I said, educate yourself a bit more, and then you can always make the switch. So, my next level would be to, you know, say, have a red bin, have a green bin, and different types of bin in my house. But that's not the first place which I started in. I started slowly. Probably next, I might be doing that.
0: So when you talk about, so I know only dry and wet waste. What is the other kind of segregation that you envision or see yourself doing? Is it separating your electronics? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so this is again a very interesting question, which I did not have answer to when I started a couple of years back. So uh, we have something called as the vegetable or easily biodegradable wastes. So those Mostly, you know, are the ones that can be used in composting and things like that. Another category will be your uh, paper waste. So, you know, the random uh, plastic, I mean, paper cutlery that you use or, you know, the disposal of newspapers, things like this. And then there'll be another bucket called exclusively for plastic. So, again, that will completely encompass your plastic waste. And then there's another bucket called as toxic waste, which will mostly be your uh, uh, leaking batteries and probably glass products that have been broken. So things like that. So that is also another bucket. But when you think about all of this on a day-to-day basis, we cannot be instructing people at home to do this change overnight. So we'll have to start with, say, two bins, move on to three, then move on to four. And, you know, so that's a step-by-step process. And like you asked about uh, waste management, especially of e-wastes, right? Even I had zero idea when I started. But what I have learned through the course of time is that uh, uh, there are a lot of initiatives like Xiaomi India's Take e-waste Back program. There's a a kupatoti.com that operates in multiple cities. So, you know, we have... Uh, which, Which website did you say? So, this is official MI India. So, you can go to Xiaomi's website. All that you have to do is type, take my e-waste back again or, you know, e-waste program. So, these are official programs that corporates support. So, I'm not talking about, you know, some random uh, people recognition doing this. These are corporates who are being mindful of e-waste consumption. So, you know, you can wow, actually so reach out.
0: Whichever city we are in, we could just maybe just Google Google. Uh,
1: electron take back electronics or you know give away my electronics correct, correct. Away yeah my electronics. so you will definitely find some or the other people so generally in india the mindset is that you call your paper wala or whoever comes to you know generally pick up your trash you tie, tend to strike a bargain say you know you give me 100 bucks for this that's particular a guy. <laughs> that's yeah, a <laughs> so you know that's the scene that we have generally been exposed to so we do not know something like this exists which is genuinely our ignorance so you know I wouldn't say it's something wrong but you know now that we know this is there what are we going to do about it So, and one more catch is that most of these e-waste picking people, they don't do it for one charger. So you can't play this game of, you know, I have one e-charger, which is not working. Can you please come and pick it up? So that's not what they actually do. So you will have to actually collect waste, say for three months, six months, and, you know, collect a particular kg or particular weight of those wastes. And then, you know, call them and ask them to come and pick it up for you. So, you know, this is again something that requires a lot of intervention of the family. This is fascinating and I'm sure uh, like we could all at least try it for a
0: month and see, you know, how it works out. It's a first step for sure. Moving on to the fun section of uh, of our podcast episode, this is the rapid fire round. <laughs> nice to all the okay. current Johar. <laughs> There's no hamper that's coming. Oh, your coffee face. with current fans, <laughs> but this is coffee with Pran. <laughs> so, um, you have. Let me put on my timer mm-hmm this is a two minute okay the game's through. getting real yeah it's getting real I have a timer and all of that in place so so okay so we will have a timer that goes for uh for two minutes and rapid questions that will come your way and you have to just answer whatever comes to your mind okay yeah I, I, I know that you're a current Johar uh fan so you know the rules already but uh yeah I'm gonna be judged by the people who are gonna hear this. <laughs> no, not at all. No one's judging you. Everyone's gonna have fun and retrospect about it. Okay, are you ready? Yep, I think so. Okay, then. So here we go. If there what's your witness statement? If there's a legacy that you want to leave behind, what is it that it's gonna be? One word. Mm, I think impact okay fair enough uh, one habit of yours that you're guilty of your guilty pleasure and that you're willfully ignoring
1: <laughs> i think uh, in the environment sustainability front uh, i make use of a lot of tissues at back at my workplace i know i need to carry a handkerchief instead of that but i just don't know i have to make that change <laughs> <laughs> hypocrite sir huh?
0: Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite what inspires you who inspires you in the
1: environmental uh, segment um definitely environmentalists like say Sundar Lal or the work they did but uh more uh, these days has been my friends group so I know some amazing friends of mine you know who are doing their little steps in the uh eco sector and I think that is inspiration when somebody I know I studied with is doing this then why not me <laughs>
0: Wow. Uh, What was that one thing that was most difficult to change?
1: I think um, it was the switch to uh, menstrual cups. So you know that was something that was super hard in my head. I had like a mental roadblock and I think I thought I could never do it. But uh, here I am and I'm so proud that I actually could make that switch. I'm still getting there, but yeah, this is another
0: episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> one sustainable habit that you think was most expensive to change?
1: Um, so I think uh, I tried composting a little while ago, to be honest, but that wasn't very successful. So I um I think has, uh, very hastily in uh, invested in a bit of fertilizers there, which I yeah I thought might be a bit expensive. Mm-hmm. Get it. one thing that you're proud of of yourself and your family uh, I think uh, two things So one all my family members also you know do not use the shower as much as they used to do when they take bath and it, it's been mindful consumption of water there and two is uh, we all carry water bottles wherever we go now so I'm very ah. proud of that <laughs> you've got everyone on
0: your side now That's yeah
1: after a long long time <laughs>
0: i'm sure one last thing what are you watching on netflix <laughs> Oof.
1: i think um, it's the big day and uh, suits both together here and there <laughs> uh-huh. uh,
0: if if you have to leave our listeners with one thing what would it be what do you what do you want our listeners to remember you for
1: i think um... I am no celebrity. So I am just one other person, just like the you know hundreds of thousands of people who are going to be hearing this. So I am one of you. So if I am able to take these uh, super small baby steps, then so can you. You can just be, you can start with being mindful about your consumption and see what sails your boat. I'm not saying do step one, two, three, four, five, because you know best. Just start Uh, knowing that you don't know it all and, you know, probably you need to educate yourself and then, you know, just think about uh, how somebody just like you is able to make the switch and uh, what's stopping you from starting.
0: Wow. And I think this is what I would like to add and this is what I leave this conversation with is that it's not about changing and solving problems for the world. It's about solving problems for one and starting with one. So much for sticking around, and I hope you enjoyed this special segment. Like Spruti says, why focus on the entire ladder that we need to climb? Why be bothered by how big the ladder is, how long the journey is, and be heartbroken by the first setback? It's, it's important that we don't stress ourselves over making that paradigm shift and sprinting to a zero waste lifestyle this is a marathon one that's going to be long arduous and at times even difficult to keep up with but it is upon us to be conscious take one small step and, and if not entirely stop but to a great extent reduce our environmental footprint on our next episode to help you understand the concept further we will be walking you through what do we mean by circular economy and how you and i could reduce reuse and recycle to recreate and regenerate an ecosystem that is just sustainable and equal to all. Until we meet on next Tuesday, do not forget to have fun and lead a purposeful life.